The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Uh, hi everybody, it's Mike here from the Southland Community Law Centre. Once again, um, I have with me Jono and Rishi from Ward Adams Brian Lamb. Hi guys. Hello. How's it going? Good, good. Well, thank you for coming in again this month just to finish off, well, to carry on from where we left off last time. Um, and I do appreciate you making the time and effort to, to pop in and do this for us. So, um, as always, it's important to um, realise that the following information is just that, information and should be not be considered as legal advice. If you have any areas of concern in that field or on that topic, we encourage you to contact our officers to make an appointment to speak to one or one of our staff, or sorry, or volunteers spe- specifically about your situation. As indicated earlier, um, today's topic is a continuation from last month, and hopefully, we can squeeze as much in as we can. Otherwise, we'll push through for a third session if that's okay with you guys. Sounds good okay. to me. Um, okay, so I think from memory we touched on legal aid was our closing discussion. So. It would continue on, I suppose, if we just recap that legal aid is available to anybody? Yes, no, so legal aid is just available to those who meet a certain threshold, Um, so they're usually people who aren't working full-time and have dependents and, um, yeah, so there's a whole lot of different things that are taken into account, like your assets, your debts and... Um, your income and all that as well, and your right. children, partners. And it's repayable. Yeah, repayable. It's a debt against your name, so you do have to pay it back. It's not free money, um, but, but there are different ways. To discounted sort of, sort of a rate. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and there is payment plans available exactly, for this yeah. Yep, sweet. Okay, so I think if we carry on with today, um, and what's the best way i think to deal with issues in regards to child care because that gets quite blurry doesn't it yeah it can be quite difficult and i think uh, usually when there's a separation um, there's obviously a lot of emotion uh, at that point in time in, in people's lives um so in my experience i think the best approach would be um having a child focused approach um to to any decisions that you're thinking about making in relation to the children um, so can you explain what you mean by a child-focused approach? Yeah, so I mean, um, if you're needing to discuss, um, you know, what um, whether or not um, a child should be staying overnight uh, this weekend or next weekend, or you're talking about uh, birthday plans and who's going to um, have the children at what time, um, the parents shouldn't be thinking about um, their own personal issues and concerns about the other parent and the reasons for why that breakup occurred or whatever it is. Um, but you should rather be putting yourself in your child's shoes and, and saying, you know, what, uh, what's the best thing for, for, for my child? Um, and so you frame any decisions you're going to be, make, be making without that emotion uh, with the adult issues. Um, and the other thing I would suggest is uh, not to sweat the small stuff. Um, I think what's really uh, important is that... Um, 
the parents uh, don't uh, spend all their time squabbling um, because that can uh, have a flow-on effect on the child. Um, so, uh, you know, um, not diving into these little issues all the time, um, I think, is, is quite important in, in addressing issues. Mm-hmm. Awesome, mate. I, I do hear you with not sweating the small stuff. It's sometimes very difficult to ascertain or figure out what is considered the small stuff because um, having been through a similar situation way back, it is difficult not to cloud some of your judgment mm-hmm. based around even just the silliest of things like, you know, who got the, the, the family pet or something like that and it's yeah. like, well, you got that one, I want two more. To sort of equalise that sort of thing, so it is a bit difficult. Yeah, and I mean, when when I say that, what I'm talking about is, um, I think there needs to be a little bit of give and take and compromise by both parents. So, in particular, when we're thinking about care arrangements, if um, the parents are going to get stuck on who has that last half an hour on a Saturday afternoon, um, mm-hmm. can create a lot more drum for the child and the parents than just um, you know one parent saying, look happy for you to have that extra half hour this weekend and, you know, we can uh, later down the track, um, you know, uh, repay the favour. So, um, you know, parents working together rather than against each other is always um, preferred. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I, I completely acknowledge that there's a lot of raw emotion um, at at that point in time. And it can actually last for years, to be fair, on occasion. Okay, just I I know what we will do is touch on... um, agreements and, and arrangements but also we get a lot of phone calls from other family members so like the grandparents aunties uncles um who either believe they have a right to be involved in the care of the child mm. or have been shoulder tapped potentially to take care mm. can you sort of touch on how that would work yeah, so, I mean, in terms of them playing a part in the, in the child's lives and the decisions, um, I think it is very important that the views of uh, wider family and whānau are uh, taken into account um, if those are shared by those people. Um, however, ultimately, the law in the first instance um, recognises the needs uh, for a child's care, development and upbringing is to be the primary responsibility of, of the parents. Um in fact, wider family do not actually have automatic rights um, to apply to the court for parenting uh, orders or guardianship issues. Uh, they would need to actually uh, apply for what's called leave in the first instance, which is actually just a fancy term for saying getting permission uh, by the court to, to to file their court application. Right. But really, depending on the history of the care or contact between the child and this wider family member, um, the court may very well give these individuals the ability to uh, for them to have their say in what, what should be happening for, for the children. Cool. So these um, family members, do they need to be blood relatives, such as whangai, because you have a lot of whangai here, um, when we're potentially step-kids, you know, step-parents and that mm. are involved? Does it go back to the biological parents in the first instance, or how's that, mm-hmm. how does that work? Yeah, so, I mean, there are certainly situations where uh, <laughs> there are non-blood uh, relatives or, uh, involved, such as uh, step-parents uh, or uh, close family friends. Um, again, they may be able to have uh, their say about decisions uh, relating to the child, depending on the circumstances. Um, this is subject to, to the court ultimately granting them leave again. Um, to apply, 
But, um, you know, there may very well be circumstances where the grandparent has brought up um, the child or children. And so um, it's going to be very, very unlikely that a court would say no to this uh, grandparent um, having their say about a a decision or making a possibly a parenting order in their favour. Right, cool. So you touched a little bit on my next question, I think. But, Rishi, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah. um, I guess... As a step parent, if you haven't, you, you know, you totally have the ability to go see and have contact with the child that you've been, you've been that has been part of your life. Um, but like Jono said, if you're wanting, if if the actual biological parent of that child is not allowing you to have contact, and you're wanting to have that sort of formal court order, you do need to ask for leave or permission from the court to do so. Um, and they'll take into consideration things such as, um, in terms of giving you permission, they'll take into consideration your involvement in that child's life. Um, you know, if you were a step-parent for two minutes, it's you're probably cu- clutching on straws a wee mm. bit there, but um, it's always best to ask the parent first if you can have spend some time with them. And yeah, but There's um, an, an issue, I think, where um, there was a separation the one of the the parents ended up moving in with the the boyfriend, if you will, mm. um, and the biological father mm. wasn't prepared to allow the new boyfriend to have any mm. contact or anything to do with his mm. kids. Mm. Obviously, it, it makes it for a very awkward situation because they are visiting their mother in his home. Yes. So, does he have any kind of rights in regards to care or even disciplining the child? Yeah, um, like Jono has said consistently, it is ultimately up to the parents to discipline, care for and meet the needs of that child and great to have an additional step-parent there along the way but it is ultimately these parents' decisions um, and, and when making a formal court order, a step-parent's never a party to the order um, but it depends on the situation. I mean, you've got the, you've got to take into account this parent's relationship with this new guy. Yeah, you're not going to ask this fella to leave every time you have, every time your child's in your care. Mm. If that's his home and Mm. he lives there, it's, you know, you do just kind of have to use your... And I think, you know, unless there are some significant safety concerns with this um, step-parent, then it is going to be difficult to try and convince, uh, you know, worst-case scenario if it goes to court, that um, this this child shouldn't be having contact with mum, for example, because the step-parent is around. Um, you'd have to really show some uh, some safety concerns to say why that's not okay mm. uh, because, you know, where do you draw the line? Um, after there's a separation, people need to be able to get on mm. with their lives and um, inevitably that means meeting um, a new partner somewhere down the track. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that at all, but it, you can still understand the, the rawness of the, the situation, I, I guess, and, yeah. and for one parent it seems to be, there's a strong imbalance yeah. of of you know, care, I suppose, if you will, which would probably sorry. Oh yeah, I mean that just brings me back to the to the point that we need to be trying to frame every decision with a child focused approach, and so unless this um, parent has those concerns about this this step parent mm. um, that are that are legitimate, um, you know, you should not be 
just saying no for the sake of it because you don't want to see your ex-partner having having a relationship with someone else. Yep. Cool. That would lead us into um, sort of setting up some contracts, I imagine, or agreements of sorts. So, which I've just been given the um, indicator that we're going to have to wind it down again for this session, guys. I do apologise. Um, but I think we are covering a lot of ground reasonably quickly for people to be sort of better informed, I guess, to a, to a degree, or at least give them some steps to understand what the process is. So um, can I call on your guys' services again next month just to come in and finish this off? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Happy to help. Awesome. I do appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Um, So as uh, always, guys, the information that was um, presented today is that information, and if you would like to talk to someone about your situation, then by all means contact us on 0321431801 um, or uh, between 9 and 4.30, Monday to Friday. Um, throughout the rest of 2022, we will um, be extremely cautious on our rural outreach clinics uh, within the southern area, obviously due to the COVID and whatever glimmer light we're under, whether it's orange, red or purple, who knows. Um <laughs> But, yeah, we will um, take each matter as um, with caution and we'll discuss whatever options are available. So please don't hesitate to call us to see when we'll next be in your area or if you would like us to um, arrange for a meeting, you can contact us on the free phone 0800 55 0800. Um, and, of course, if you would like to discuss your circumstances directly with Jono and Rishi or Rishi um, or even another one of the... Um, colleagues feel free to contact Wood Evans Brian Lamb on 21828833 or you can check um, them out with their Facebook page um, or their website woodevans.co.nz and once again thank you guys really appreciate it thank you the preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.